Hello, you're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun, episode 61, Glitter and Wildlife. Enjoy the show. I'm Rosie. I'm Jessica. And you're listening to Rosie Rosie and Jessica's Jessica's Day Day of Fun. Fun. Jessica, you're looking great. Thank you, Rosie. Um, What do you want? On the album artwork. Oh, yeah, I really am. You look fine. Thanks. I don't like drawing my own face. It looks like you, though. It does. Yes, it does. You know why? Because I did my glasses and then I thought, mm, I'm not sure about this. So I selected my glasses and said, increase by 130%. <laughs> and then they looked right. My big old specs. So yes, after three three years, three months of me going, oh, this temporary artwork. I hate it. Don't worry. It's just temporary. Don't look. Don't look. Avert your eyes. Finally did the new ones. Yay, it looks awesome. Thanks very much. I'm very pleased. Totes profesh. Totes profesh. I mean, shockingly profesh. I'm just saying, I think it would look great on a t-shirt. Hashtag just saying. How are you? How's it going? What's up, dog? What's up, dog? Sup, dog? What's up, dog? (laughs) No. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Wow. It's very windy here. Uh, it's a bit blustery here. We have a, a reservoir on the roof of the garage. I saw some uh, some mice windsurfing across it earlier. <laughs> Adorable. Well, I have very weird double glazing that rattles, you no know, buzzes in high wind. So I'm very aware of it. As soon as the slightest breeze gets up, bzzz, off it goes. It's the worst. Sometimes I have to sleep in a different room. <laughs> It is pretty loud. I can attest to that. Kept awake by my plastic windows. Well, I had the best day of my life this week, so... Do tell. Was it because it was raining? It was. It was 100% because it was raining. Previously, I would have said one of the best days of my life was uh, my friends Jack and Valerie's joint hen and stag do. And that is very much up there. That was a great day, but that was like an activity day. We were off for a particular day. Friday... I was just at home. It rained solidly from 10am. I was delighted. I got up. I had a lovely breakfast with my Radio 3 as covered in episode 60. You had your breakfast butler set everything up my for you. My breakfast butler had set up my breakfast. Oh, the post's here. That'll be the Radio Times. I scrubbed a kitchen floor that needed doing. Very satisfying. I did some reading. I did some knitting. I watched some lovely television. I ate some great food. I had... Oh, Just a lovely tea and biscuits in bed later on in the day. I was just feeling excellent. And then I went out to see some friends, which was fine, but it was frankly not as good as my excellent day of rain. (laughs) And then I missed a train and had to wait for 45 minutes for a train at like one o'clock in the morning. But that's right, because by this point it was the following day. Well, exactly. I did think that. And then the next day was pretty good as well. A whole day of rain, Jessica. One does not get that often. Yeah, I've had to wear Wellingtons to work twice this week. Oh, really? Yeah. And my uh, my toddler's raincoat. You know, it's like the oil cloth one. No, I know the one. I was thinking of making a joke about, like, did you rob a toddler? Are you secretly in charge of a toddler? And I couldn't be bothered. That was just a great day. Because I did loads of stuff, but I also had loads of time to be sort of leisurely. You wouldn't think that a best day ever would involve scrubbing a kitchen floor, but it did. That's how good a day it was. Sometimes you just have those really good, really productive days. Mm-hmm. Yesterday I did a lot of work, but I also found time to sort of lie on the sofa and surf about the interwebs as well. It's quite good. Hmm. I've been to a wedding party. Have you? Good. Yes. 
How was that? It was lovely. It was my friend's wedding celebration as they got married in Greece a few weeks ago. It rained not all day. You were furious. You you don't want it to rain for a wedding. I do understand that. There are occasions where... Yeah, but it was still lovely and we, we were all inside. My friend Rachel had made the cake and it was incredible. Obviously, that is very high up on my describing of a wedding. How was the cake? The playlist had been put together by the guests. Everybody got to submit two songs. It was the worst playlist I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Slash the greatest thing known to mankind. It included the theme music from FIFA 05, courtesy Odd. of my friend Jack. Excellent. I had one song by Franz Ferdinand and one song by Sparks. So pretty on brand. Pretty on brand. It was lovely. There was a hog roast. There was much celebration of a delightful couple. And then I got a very sensible train home. Very happy. And I looked great. I had so much glitter on my face. It's still all over my face. Glitter's really difficult to get off. Like, oh, once it sort of work, works itself into your skin, like into your hair. You can wash your hair about three times and just it will just lodge in there. I was in a play where I played a clown. We all played clowns. It was about clowns. Beppo, I'm familiar with this work. Yeah, but not, uh, not frightening clowns. I was a kind of sexy clown. <laughs> But at the end, we all threw handfuls of glitter into the air, and it looked great. I found bits of that glitter months later. I was wearing a black blazer that I then would often wear as my own coat anyway. And I'd had the glitter like in my pocket. Once I took the back off my phone, and it was full of red Beppo glitter. It had insinuated itself into your phone's life and become part of it, become one. It was parasitic glitter. Assimilated, I think. Paraglitic. Paraglitic. Mm. I'm not sold on that. No, that needs work. So, I mean, I love glitter, so it was great. But also, there's a time and a place. There is a company where you can send an envelope of glitter to your enemies. Amazing. So they open it and there's glitter everywhere. You need the envelope to completely come down so the glitter sort of flies everywhere. You're not really allowed to send bombs in the post, are you? No. When I say not really, I mean it's very <laughs> much illegal. It's very much frowned upon. It's not the done thing. No. It's not cricket. It's, it's just not cricket. Have you done anything apart from lots of work yesterday? Uh, yeah, I went to the Wildlife Photographer of the Year exhibition at the Natural History Museum last oh, week. lovely! There were lots and lots of really good photos. Some of them taken by quite young children just to really make you feel like an underachiever any day off. I've spoken to you about this because it did not include the picture of the weasel riding the woodpecker, did it? It didn't, no. no. Uh, all the pictures were, I believe, submitted specifically for the competition as opposed to just... We have gathered up all the entertaining pictures of animals over the year and collated them quick question badgers question mark uh no what full stop there were nanty badgers not a narrier badger narrier badger no did you pay for this exhibition because if you did you should (laughs) get your money back dear natural history museum what the uh i feel cheated by your lack of badgers i mean what woodland creatures in general or was it all like zebras because i don't care about zebras jessica it was thin on the woodland creature front. Where were these pictures taken? Well, like upside in mountains and in jungles in Costa Rica and stuff. Do you know, I'm really not a nationalist, but if I go to an exhibition that's called the wildlife thing, I mainly expect British woodland creatures. I am not interested in manatees and quokkas. That's the name of the episode done. There weren't even any quokkas. I'd have led with a quokka. Yeah. Actually, no, I'd be fine with a quokka. Uh, but... there, were, there were some arctic foxes. Those foxes with the massive ears. Yes, they look quite a lot like Christopherson from Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes. So what was the best animal? The best animal? Well, they weren't all of animals. Some of them were seat-like environments. You look stressed by that concept. It's just not what I thought it was. 
Um, there was a really good close-up picture of a scorpion with a light kind of shining through it. That was taken by somebody who was under 10. But it was, yeah, it was really good. And the the, the tail was sort of up poised to sting him. But Who's allowing the, the under 10s near scorpions? I don't, I don't know. There, there was a theory that maybe his mother was just out of shot dead on the floor and he thought, well, I'm here, metal. And when you say there was a theory, I assume that wasn't on the placard next to the <laughs> yeah, picture. That that wasn't the uh, that wasn't the blurb. That wasn't that wasn't an official theory. There was another scorpion on a grassy knoll. Okay, that sounds lovely. I yes. am now adjusting my expectations based on more knowledge because I was expecting solid woodland creatures. No, there are a lot of birds. Um, birds some... are overrated. A lot of birds. A bison surrounded by flames. What? Riding a motorcycle. Not really. Stunt bison. There was a picture of a sand dune that really made your brain hurt because he's had sort of flat ground running across the bottom with a tree growing out of it. And then sand dunes obviously are massive. So the top of the sand dune wasn't in shot. So it looked like it just went straight up like a wall, but it sort of turned the corner. So part of it was in shadow with the wind blowing across it, kind of kicking up the sand, and the other half was in light and still. So it just looked like a weird sort of cloud moving across the picture vertically but it, it you had to sort of tell your brain that it was actually going backwards away from you oh it was confusing it was good but uh, uh. yeah sorry i'm now just thinking about wildlife there were some time-lapse ones one was uh, a lot of just dead things in the snow time-lapse videos or time-lapse pictures what time-lapse well time-lapse videos you can't have a time-lapse photo that's just a photo Yes, but as opposed to like lots and lots of photos shown in succession, which really is sort of what time lapse video is. But then I suppose if you really get down to it, that's what all video is. Oh God, yep, true. But only on film. So what we're saying is there were some videos of some things rotting. Mm, just having snow land on them, really. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, it wasn't like we set up this camera to watch this deer decompose over the next four weeks. Like that two-hour program I watched about a hippopotamus. It wasn't like that. Uh, rotting and being eaten horrendous it's only just after the watershed as well sorry back in the room i saw the diplodocus in the uh, entrance hall obviously before they take him away but he, yeah he's there until 2017 before he goes on tour oh right when i saw it i thought it was gonna be like we've announced he's gone we've burnt him we've burnt him uh no he's there until 2017 uh dippy is his name and um he's actually only been in the hall since uh 1979 Oh, right. So he's really not... He's a, he's a young'un. Well, he's been in the um, museum for about 110 years. The original was discovered in Wyoming in about 1905, and then they took a cast, and he's he's moved around a couple of galleries since being at the museum. And uh, he's, been in the, he's been in the entrance hall since 1979. Oh, is he a skeleton? I thought he was a big model. I thought he was just like a big plaster cast model. No, he's a skeleton. It's not one of our dinosaurs is missing, it's a skeleton. Yes, that does make a lot more sense. People would be more upset than just like a big warning. Lovely. Have you ever been to the Natural History Museum? Yeah, I have been to the Natural History Museum. Not for a very long time, though. No, quite recently, because Izzy and Ellen and I went in. Well, that sounds like a lovely day out, Jessica. It was. What was the cafe and gift shop situation? Uh, I didn't really go in the gift shop. I sort of walked through it. It was exit through a gift shop. Yes, last time I went on, I nearly bought a toy pith helmet. I mean, for a, there's a time and a place where that would be appropriate. I can't think of one right now. The cafe was good. They did soya milk, which speaks very highly of them. Mm, that does speak to a level of quality. Quality. Well done. I have joined the library at long last. 
Very good. And I've started a colouring book. I love a colouring book. Not from the library. I haven't been defacing library books. My friend Emma visited me and she brought me a colouring book and it turns out to be by somebody I know. How good is that? I mean, I knew he'd published a colouring book. Ah, okay. And the book is called One Year Wiser, The Colouring Book by Mike Medaglia and it's 52 colourings. I don't know if that's the real word for what they are. 52 images and so one a week and they've all got nice quotations and phrases in them. Oh, that's fun. So I've been doing my colouring. I did one last week in front of a Judy Garland concert and I've been doing this week's I've Got to Finish It, but I did it listening to a documentary about Kenneth Graham. Lovely. What's your song? What's your song? My song this week is by Missy Higgins. It's called Scar and I found it on the old Spotify Discover weekly playlist thingy. That's how I found mine this week. How unusual. I've never used that before. Oh, no, um, this was the first the first time I'd clicked. Oh, go on, let's have a listen to that. Is it a new feature on Spotify? Yes, this it is. We haven't yes, found it, it is, I think so. Wow. Oh, oh. And for a long I kept listening to it and I was thinking, this sounds really familiar, which is pertinent because that's actually one of the lyrics. And I can't work out why. And then I thought, oh, this is quite nice. I'll just Google the chords for it. And uh, it's like, I'm, I'm never going to work out like why this song is familiar to me. Unless I either ask everyone at work or just rally the entire internet. And just by chance, somebody I'd spotted, as I'd uh, typed in the thing for the chords, somebody had mentioned Axis of Evil. Axis of Evil? Axis of Awesome. So that's a very different thing. Suddenly it dawned on me, it features in their four-chord song. Ah. Oh, so it's quite an old song. I think so, yes. Yeah, the uh, that, that list is not all current stuff. It's uh, all sorts of odd things. Well, not odd, odd things, but like... A mixed, a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag, I find. So. Yeah. 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 Top fives. Top fives. Jessica suggested this topic because I've finally worn her down and she has watched season one of Once Upon a Time. Yes, this is true. Yes. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. I have now watched the first episode of season three. I'm a couple of episodes into season two. I think I've had to slow down. I've had to take a break. I've definitely slowed down just because I think it's more than I just haven't happened to have watched any for the last couple of days. What did you watch while you made your skirts yesterday? Well, I was using the same machine, so I wasn't really watching anything. Fair, fair dues. Although at one point I did have Sydney White on in the background because it's on BBC Two. Yeah, I saw that was on. In honour of Once Upon a Time, we will be discussing our top five fairy tale characters. Do not worry. Luckily, we have an expert witness. It's me. I've done half of an MA in children's literature. I've not really read about fairy tales at all. But that's fine. Here I am. Ask me questions. Uh, question one. What's my top five? Why, why did I pick this topic? It's really difficult. <laughs> well, it's fine. You know what? I'm going to use it as a springboard to talk about other things. Good. Because we need content. Because I've actually just got a list of people who have gone... Eh, eh, eh. It's okay. I use the Wikipedia list of fairy tales and have collected hilariously titled fairy tales to make us all laugh. Uh, my favourite was the, the Hedgehog Boy. Oh, mine was Hans my Hedgehog. <laughs> no, that's the one. That's the one. Half boy, half hedgehog. Are you enjoying Once Upon a Time? Isn't it brilliant yeah, and yes. awful? It was um, better than I thought it was going to be. I like to lower people's expectations. <laughs> Lowering expectations since 1989. Uh, so my list is Cinderella. Yes. Yep. Shoes. S- strong shoes. Um, I particularly like the Drew Barrymore interpretation of her in Ever, Ever After. After. Yes. It's just a bit different. And Richard O'Brien turns up as a very camp French sort of pirate man. Yes, he does. But I think he's going to marry her. I can't yes. quite remember. I like Little Red Riding Hood. Mm-hmm. Also, more recent adaptations, 
Especially in uh, Once Upon a Time. She's pretty kick-ass in Once Upon a Time. I like it when she's slightly older and slightly more, I'm not going to stand for this. She's not, not like the original at all, really. I find it weird because she's not just grown up. They've got sort of one of the most grown-up looking people. Like, she's very tall. She's got a, a long face. She's sort of the antithesis of a child. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I see what you mean. That sounds like, so peculiar, but you know how some people have sort of round faces that are a bit childlike? She's got yeah. a, a long face. She's got big features. Lovely hair. Excellent hair. A lot of hot pants. It's a bit weird. She's toned down the hot pants. Yeah. Yeah, Rapunzel, because... Frying pans. Frying pans. Largely that's based off Tangled, let's be honest. Uh, I suppose she ends up in a bit of a pickle, but that is largely because she defied her captor. Speaks to a sort of hidden strength. Yes. Uh, yeah. Little Mermaid. Again, largely because of the Little Mermaid film. That's fine. Ariel. Fantastic hair. Um, but Hans Christian Andersen version, she, she does the right thing. To her own detriment. Sea foam. Sea foam. She does not become a murderer. That's important. Uh, and lastly, Belle, because she likes reading. Mm-hmm. There we go. Number one. Number one. Rapunzel. The bigger the hair, the closer to God. This is true. This is true. And I fully embrace the Disney versions, as this is my opinion and I'm not coming at it from like a scholarly thing. I just really like Tangled. Flynn Rider, am I right? Number two. Little Red Riding Hood. Wolves. Bread. Grandmothers. Great. Into the Woods. Terrific. Lovely song. Yep. Sentences. Proper. No. Number three. The Twelve Dancing Princesses. Oh, yes. I have a lovely collection of fairy tales where the illustrations are pictures, obviously, of embroideries. And one of the stories in that book is the Twelve Dancing Princesses. And it's about twelve princesses who every night sneak off to boogie on down all night. And as a child at school, we had to do a a rewrite of a fairy tale. So I wrote the Twelve Scoffing Princesses, where rather than being found out because they've worn their shoes out, none of their clothes fit the next day because they sneak off to eat cake all night. Oh, what a brilliant child I was. <laughs> Number four. Belle. Books. Candle. Candles. France. Stockholm Syndrome. It's all great. I like Belle. She's good. Had the yellow dress as a child. Oh, yeah, you did. Spilt lemonade on it, if I recall. Like Joe March and her gloves. Christopher Columbus. Number five. Number five. Rumpelstiltskin. Many reasons. <laughs> what? You were really good at the giggle. I meant to say that. In Once Upon a Time, what is going on with that character? It's madness. Also, there is an episode of the Adam and Joe BBC Six Music radio show where they talk about Rumpelstiltskin and how ridiculous it is. And Adam Buxton keeps referring to him as a little gnomy man. And that is very I'd funny. forgotten that. And he gets so angry, he stamps his foot so much, he explodes. A little gnomy man. One. What does a little gnomy man want with a child anyway? Well, this is what I was wondering uh, when watching Once Upon a Time. Not so much now, but in the first few episodes. Why did he want Cinderella's baby and why is that never mentioned what again? What is he doing with all these children? It's very weird. Uh, right. Why would you, if you have made a pact where only if somebody finds out your name, would you then run into the forest and sing a song about your own name? I would burn my passport and... Just destroy any paperwork. I wouldn't wander around going, Rumpelstiltskin is my name. 
What? He might as well have a t-shirt and one of them velvet headbands from the 90s with his name written on it. Because he's been to a birthday party. Because he's been to a birthday party. I mean, I think it's supposed to be a lesson for all of us in uh, hubris and... uh, Pride before a stamping yourself to explosion. Smugness, maybe. I mean, what a guy. Uh, He's just an absurd individual on every level. Honourable mentions? Hans my hedgehog, that's brilliant. We did some research from the Wikipedia page for fairy tales. I've collected some titles together, which I think you might like. The Girl Without Hands... Not hands, my hedgehog. Hands, as in fingers and thumbs. Appendages. Uh, Jessica as a child, have you ever read Beauty and Pockface? I don't remember, but I nearly clicked on it and I thought, oh, that's just going to be Beauty and the Beast, isn't it? Is it not? Uh, no, oh. it's part of the Cinderella tradition. Ah. Uh. There is a uh, classification, numbered much like the Dewey Decimal classification, called the Arne Thompson Tail Type Index, and it is a way of allowing folklorists to identify different stories so they're broken down to sort of fairy tales supernatural cinderella you know there are many different types and i believe that falls under the cinderella type go i know not whither and fetch i know not what (laughs) just just go away and do something is the subtitle leave me alone in peace i like this there were many stories featuring boots i did not investigate who boots was but boots appears in a story called boots who made the princess say that's a story Brewery of eggshells? There's one story that's just called The Most Incredible Thing. (laughs) And to think I didn't then click on it. I mean, that is clickbait if ever I heard it. You won't believe what happens next. (laughs) It's alright, saved saved you a click. Said uh, apparently it's just just cake. It's just cake. Oh, okay. Now, there's one here which I don't think is a fairy tale so much as an episode of CSI. The Three Heads in the Well. Yes, that is CSI. That's troubling. Uh, Here's one from Mexico. Thank God it wasn't a peso. <laughs> what? I mean, there's this one. <clears throat> it's from Indonesia. And I'm going to attempt to say it in Indonesian. It's Cancel Nyolong Timun, or A Deer That Steals the Cucumber. What would a deer want with a cucumber? What would Rumpelstiltskin want with a baby? These are many questions. Fairy tales are very weird. I would like to take this opportunity to give a shout out to these fairy tales. The Enormous Turnip. Oh my god, I'd forgotten the enormous turnip. Uh, great. How many times was that performed in assembly? Oh, all the times. It was prayer is like a telephone, the enormous turnip, blowing out birthday candles with them ceramic frogs. Dog food. <laughs> then somebody pretended to eat dog food. Turns out it was chocolate pudding, but you know, with a pedigree chum label around it. What did we learn? I think it must have been something like don't, um, seeing is not always believing or something, or don't judge a book by its cover or question stuff but that's only because of my adult brain is trying to work out what that could have meant so I don't remember that from childhood I just remember somebody eating chocolate pudding that was out of what looked like a pedigree chum tin school assemblies were very weird (laughs) the elves and the shoemaker because it's basically the tailor of Gloucester yes we had a conversation about this at work the other day I love the tailor of Gloucester so much and uh which then led into uh a debate on whether what's better, cats or dogs? Because <laughs> uh, uh, oh, Simpkins! Simpkins is a a Machiavellian, the worst, most evil character in literature. Yeah, he's the worst. And the original Hans Christian Andersen version of the Snow Queen, featuring Gerda, Kai, and not Anna and Elsa. Don't sing. Elsa, is there a talking snowman? There is now. 
There's a brilliant article by Linda Holmes on NPR's Monkey Sea blog called A Girl, A Shoe, A Prince, The Endlessly Evolving Cinderella, which she wrote when the live-action Cinderella film came out a couple of months yeah. ago. And it's very interesting, and I recommend it. Yeah, I've, a few... Uh, minutes ago, I did remember the pop culture happy hour discussion on on fairy tales, which, all of which I I agree with because it's it's like fairy tales is quite an in depth conversation that we could go into right now. But that's you know, but it did uh, remind me of uh, Glenn Weldon's description of being Red Cinderella in uh, like the first grade. But it, it was just a version where it still had the bit where the birds picked out their eyes at the end, and the teacher realizing that she'd made a mistake and just plowing on through anyway. <laughs> oh dear. So in short. Fairy tales are weird and complicated, and Once Upon a Time is not as bad as I sold it to you. Rosie, what's your song? My song, also discovered using the Spotify Discover feature, is called The Duke of Burgundy by Cat's Eyes. I believe it is from the soundtrack to lesbian lepidopterist film The Duke of Burgundy, which I've not seen. It's a lovely little song. Good. I shall probably not listen, but that's fine. I liked it very much. I was making somebody a playlist... And I don't listen to it now because we're trying to record a podcast. It's making something oh. a playlist. And I happened to click on the Discover button. And I thought, oh, well, no, click, click on that. And it was really good. So I put it on their playlist. Snack of Very good. the day. Donuts. Oh, lovely. Jam ones. Well, custard is superior. Well, debatable. Well, you can't have them, so. Mm-mm. Have you done any needle and fed? Needle and fed! Needle and fed. Yes. A butt tan. I don't like some of the words I use. <laughs> I made another of my chicken, leek and prune pies. Excellent. Oh, good. How did that go? Good, good. Oh, brilliantly. I made loads. I made five portions initially. I had more innards than I did pastry, so I also got two portions worth in a pot in the freezer for should I make more pastry. I say make, I mean buy. Or maybe just eat with, just have it with rice or something. Or I was thinking potato on top, like a fisherman's pie. On toast. Uh, Mashed potato would be quite good. Once I spent a long time making a curry and was sort of so knackered out by making this curry that I just ate it on toast. I've definitely eaten curry on toast before. We've all been students. So I've had leftovers. I also made a chocolate courgette cake. I saw that. I've got the recipe open on, on a tab. Um, Holy goodness. I'll be giving that a go this week. I've made many a cake before, obviously. That's kind of a large portion of this podcast. But this might be one of the best things I've ever made because it's different and successful. Courgettes, lovely moistness. Moistness? Moistness. Chocolate, delicious. But this recipe has mixed spice in it, which in the comments somebody said, this is disgusting. Why on earth would you put that in? And that made me wary. I wish I hadn't read it. Never read the comments on a recipe. Why do I care what strangers think about a cake recipe? (laughs) One day I will die and I will have wasted 60 seconds of my life reading some stupid woman's opinion about mixed spice. Anyway, I think it's nice. I think the mixed spice and the chocolate works. It's quite subtle. Um, it gives a slightly Christmassy element, which I'm always on board with. I did not make the chocolate frosting that the recipe recommends. I did a cream cheese frosting, and I'm very pleased with that. And it's a, a big old cake. I, you know your enormous bank holiday cake you made? It's similar to that, but because yes. I live alone and there isn't much opportunity to eat... Well, there is, but... Uh, I made it in two halves, and I've frozen one half, and I just put half of it together, so so that I don't have a whole cake kind of going off. I had an incident with some mouldy banana bread that I'm trying to avoid in the future. Oh yeah, we don't want that. Speaking of banana bread, I made a banana bread. It was a fantastic success. Oh good, because mine was very peculiar. 
as it's the one that I, I trailered on the last episode because I had some bananas that were on the turn and needed cooking. Originally, it was just going to be a very quick, basic banana bread, and I got wildly carried away, and that had mixed spice in it, and cherries, and it was it was really good. And I used demerara sugar, or like dark, soft brown sugar, so it was really dark. I was very pleased because I didn't exactly use a recipe. I just sort of started with a few measurements and then just bunged stuff in. Oh. So it could have it could have been horrible. Oh dear. But it wasn't. It was amazing. Excellent. On the knitting front. Yes. Obviously, I finally finished my Humphrey and I had plans in place for my Yosemite Falls cardigan. I just finished a sleeve. I had to rip out 40 something rows. You know, just these minor things. So, what did I do? I immediately cast on something new. Of and course. spent most of the last two weeks knitting that rather than doing the cardigan. So, I have started using the West Yorkshire Spinners. Aaron, that I talked about last episode, a shawl, it's called the Mercia shawl. It's available for free on Ravelry. I have a link to that. It's lovely. The thing with it is, is that you start with, I think it's 11 stitches. Right. And we're now at, oh, 150 or something. Right, yeah. And for most of it, it's just knitting. And then you start the lace portion. So I was sort of rocketing along. Yes, 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 this is going brilliantly. And of course, it's got very slow going. And I'm now on the third final repeat of the lace and I've gone back to the cardigan because I can't just finish thing. it's bizarre it's coming along very nicely and but it's a bit slow going now because of it's such a long thing and you have to pay attention to which bit of the lace pattern you're on um, so I quickly finished the sleeve on the Yosemite Falls cardigan, I ripped out 42 rows on the body because I had 10 rows of ribbing and a 32 row lace repeat and I thought this was going to be absolutely horrendous i thought you know it would be dropped stitches everywhere as i was trying to put it on the needles and actually it was incredibly easy i think because it's quite a tough wool it didn't move about too much as i was ripping it out so i was left with a very neat row of raw stitches it wasn't that one had got really big and one had dropped out i put it initially just on stitch holders because they were thinner than my needles and they're easier just to kind of quickly pick them all up keep them safe and I've put it back on the needles and I've knitted up nearly 20 rows of the ribbing. So good. that's coming along quite nicely. Then I've just got to do the button band. It's going to be too small. Jessica, would you like a cardigan? <laughs> Why will it be too small? Did you not measure? I did. And I, I checked my gauge as well, I thought. But I think it's just come up too small. I'm hoping that the button band is going to add the just little extra bit of width I need for it to meet. It's meant to be tight. It's meant to be close fitting. It's a fitted, yeah. And what if you block it? Will it? Could you sort of? Yeah, I reckon I can bit? do. I mean, it's not disastrously small. I can get into it, right. and I can pull it closed, and it doesn't have the button band on it. But when I knit it again, I'll knit it in a size bigger. Right, right. It's a little irritating, but it's not like I've accidentally knitted some sort of child's jumper. Maybe I should start knitting that child's jumper that I was going to make for myself. Oh yes. Well, it's a child's tunic, isn't it? It's a tunic. So it looks like an, like an adult jumper. Maybe. I don't know. I've got quite a long uh, Ravelry list and nothing on the go at the moment, so it's, it's not going very well. My aim for this afternoon is to update my Ravelry because it's just woefully out of date. Take some pictures. I don't have all of my finished objects with me here, so not everything will go on there properly. But I have lots of pictures of balls of wool and the cardigan I made for our friend Jess's baby needs to go on there because I photographed that because I was about to give it away. So hopefully in the next few days, if you check Rosie at Large on Ravelry, it will be beautifully peopled with pictures. 
lovely. Are you, so you're not, not got anything on the go at the moment? Do you have anything on the go at the moment? Uh, but I did see a really nice pattern that Amy of Knits Been Cake had put on Twitter called the Sunday Shawl, which I then found in Ravelry. Uh, for the top of my head, I can't remember who it's by, but I shall stick it in my Ravelry queue and we shall uh, link to it on the uh, show notes. It's a beautiful, crocheted, colourful number, which I think might be my next, my next projet. The Sunday Shawl by Alia Bland, the little bee. That's the badger. And you've already queued it, Jessica. Oh, well done me. That's how I found it. Oh yeah, I forgot I'd done that. What have, have we, we seen, seen this week? week? What have, have we seen, seen this week? Oi. Oi, I forgot. An unexpected return of intermittent feature, Cabot Coverage. <gasps> Exciting. Cabot Coverage. This was sent to us by friend of the show, Stephen Walsh, and it is called The Formula for an Episode of Murder, comma, She Wrote. It's tremendous. And it's from the website Pentadact. It's a breakdown of pretty much every single episode of Murder, She Wrote. And it's very funny. I read it on the train and I laughed. The person who wrote it has recently started working from home, I believe. And this has meant that they've been watching a lot of Murder, She Wrote. And it's, if you watch it every day, it gets ingrained in your brain. It's a a touch formulaic, but still tremendous. Oh, of course. So that is the formula for an episode of Murder, She Wrote. as Cabot coverage. I have been reading again which is something I do sometimes with my reading problem of owning too many books so what have I done? I've moved out and left most of them at home which has kind of solved the problem so I have finished a book and started a new one which is a comic book I bought and I bought outside of my rules sorry of only being allowed to buy a book when I read 10 books and I've started reading Lumberjanes Oh, exciting. I shall borrow that after you've finished it. Uh, it's by Noelle Stevenson and Grace Ellis and Brooke Allen and is a, a collection of the first four issues, which I'm a little peeved about because I think four issues is not enough to make up a pe- trade paperback. Yeah, I would prefer if it was six to eight, which I believe is what is in some of my other comic book collections. Anyway, small point. It's about people at a kind of Girl Scouts kind of summer camp thing but it's all weird and supernatural business is going on and it's cute and funny and I've read what would have been issue one last night and that seems quite good and I joined the library so I've got two big books which is great but also means I'm not reading the books I own yeah that is a problem which you have solved by getting so many library finds you no longer go yes I've decided I can never go back to the library because I just can't be trusted to return them on time what a dreadful way to live one's life. No offence. <laughs> I did go to the library the other day to use the printer, actually. I love libraries. I'm going to go to the library today. I've decided. Because I don't have enough books. I mean, I do, but, you know, there's always room for more. I finished a book that I bought the other week. Uh, I finished Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell. Really good. I'm very, very excited to read that. Yes, I shall uh, bring it with me next time I see you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one of the new books that I bought myself as a reward for having almost finished that. So how many um, books did you buy for reading one book to solve your problem of owning too many books? I bought two books because there was an offer. Yeah, great. Clever. So I got um, Eleanor and Park, also by Rainbow Rowell, and I got the uh, updated Emma by Alexander McCall Smith, and I will let you know how those go. Well, one of which I've already started. Thank you very much. I ha- have an Alexander McCall Smith from the library. His Pimlico Mansion series I absolutely love. In fact, they're the only Alexander McCall Smiths I've read. I did listen to one of the 44 Scotland Streets on BBC4 Extra, but I've never read any of his number one ladies detective agency books. 
which for which he's most famous. But his Pimlico Mansions books are just so lovely. They're like a big, a big rainy day. I love them very much. So this is the third one. Your favourite? They are my favourite, and I really recommend them. In fact, I, I sent one to a friend once. I liked it so Good. much. I found a copy. Every time I go into the Oxfam bookshop, I think I'll just I'll just check. They're the kind of books that I actually want to own, not just to read. But now I've read library book versions. I think I need to have these to hand. <laughs> yeah, it's nice sometimes to have them to hold to be like yours forever and ever. Amen. Awesome. Lovely. This week I finally watched. BBC 4's All Aboard the Canal Trip from their slow television series they did a couple of months ago where they strapped a camera to the front of a canal boat and just broadcast it. They put some text and images top of the footage with explanation but they had no soundtrack or commentary and I had it on while I was pottering about and it was very relaxing. They're broadcasting it again this week so it will be on iPlayer I believe. Good, I think I might watch it. And I've been watching Humans on Channel 4 and I finally caught up and it's great. I could watch the canal journey when I'm on the train to, so I could like watch one journey while I'm doing another. Yes, confusing but Meta. Good. I could make trick myself into thinking that my commute is more interesting than it is. By more interesting, I mean At all different. interesting. Yes, cool. Well, those are things that we have seen. Yeah. I think I might have some biscuits now. Well, that sounds exciting. I'm going to finish my tea. Can't Lovely. Wait. Well, Jessica, welcome to the era of having proper artwork. Yes, it's very exciting. I just wanted to say it again because I'm really proud of myself. They're really good. They actually like look like us and stuff. They look like us. They're not horrible. It was kind of what I was going for the first time round. What's also interesting is that I've maybe done two drawings in the time between doing the two different artworks. So... I think I might secretly be a genius at art because it's not like I've been practicing. That just happened. Amazing. Was one of the two drawings that little scribble you did with you looking <laughs> like with a really round head with a top knot and me looking furious with massive eyebrows? No. Yes. Because that was the best picture ever. I think we should use that as our artwork. Yeah, it's too accurate. Anyway. No, one of them was of Joan Jett. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Okay, bye. Well, we can get away with that because it's fairy tale week, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go into an enchanted sleep. I'm going to go into an enchanted forest. I'm awake now. Bye! To find out more and to read show notes for this and past episodes, you can visit our website at rosieandjessica.co.uk. You can email us at hello at rosieandjessica.co.uk. And you can follow us on Twitter at The Day of Fun Show. Don't forget you can find all of our archives and leave reviews and ratings on iTunes. See you soon.